0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring.
1: Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. We're actually
2: in Sydney. Um, I'm here with Nigel uh,
1: from Solar Analytics. How are you, Nigel?
2: I'm good, uh, Giles. It's just so weird. I'm not used to doing this face-to-face. It's going to be really awkward this week, I think. It's actually going to be
1: really (laughs) scary and possibly for our listeners as
2: well. Um, Look, the reason why we're here is that
1: um, you guys are actually holding a bit of a party for the um, solar industry ahead of the Smart Energy Conference, um, which is going
2: to be over the next two days. Um, That should be quite an interesting conference. I think it's going to be great. Um, um there's a lot of people in town who i haven't seen for a long long time old guys new guys i met a guy today who's literally a year into the industry uh so you know he's here to learn everything right he 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 just, it's all new to him. And I said, your mind is going to be blown over the next few days. It's going to be great.
1: (laughs) Well, I think all our minds might be blown a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what um, has blown my mind in the last week or so. One, well, two things really. One is just the extraordinary uptake in rooftop solar that we're continuing to see. 350 megawatts in the first three months, which is by far the biggest um, in Australia so far. In
2: fact, it might just make it
1: the biggest boom in solar in the world.
2: Yeah, uh, but that's right. That's right. I think we're on track for everything this year, um, uh, as long as the Monash group is kept under control. But that seems they seem to be, you know, uh, fulfilling their own destiny by, um, you know, sounding fairly stupid, really.
1: I think that might be the word, actually. Yeah, look, the Monash Forum you just referred to there, this is this group of uh, right-wing MPs led by Tony Abbott, Barnaby Joyce, Erica Betts, all our former great ministers in the in the last um, coalition parliament who decided to, um, to invoke John Monash's name, one of the great innovators of the time, a, 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 a century ago to make a push for new coal-fired power stations. And I couldn't think of um, a dumber idea if, um, um, if I tried, really.
2: No, and, um, you know, I, I think uh, Monash must be turning in his grave and, and it would appear that Turnbull is, is turning um, rapidly in circles as well, trying to work out what on earth these clowns are doing.
1: Well, I think he's more interested in, in, in holding on to power, actually. Um, not only would John Monash be turning to his grave, but the, um, his descendants are spinning around the lounge room at the moment. And they actually put out a statement last week, which is really interesting because they pointed out that John Monash at the time was an innovator. That's it. He was an innovator as a general, he's an innovator as a civil engineer. Yes, he got the co- brown coal generators going in the Latrobe Valley, um, but he was embracing the cutting edge innovation of the time. And a century later, it's certainly not brown coal and they said that um, he would be into these new technologies, not this horse and buggy type stuff of what the, um, these politicians are proposing.
2: That's right, and, and I think you know the, the number of attendees that we've got here tonight for our function, which is a warm up to the next two days of uh, the Smart Energy Expo that's taking place in Sydney, um, which is looking like it could be the biggest event of the year. What that tells us is that the appetite for innovation, the appetite for consumers, uh, to, to put solar on, to put storage on is is at the moment, it is boundless, it is phenomenal. I was chatting with, with someone just, uh, just a little while ago actually who said, you know, uh, we install about 20 systems a week and about five of them have storage on them now, uh, which was just not the case a year ago. And so, you know, it's happening despite what um, the Monash Group think might be happening in their private little world.
1: Well, look, um, let's actually get some of the views from the coalface because um, we've got one of, the, um, one of the leading installers in Sydney here, Glenn Beams from Beams Electrical. Glenn, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just lean into the microphone a bit and, um, and, um, and Nigel, just tap me on the shoulder if you've got a question to ask. Glenn, Nigel's just um, said that um, just talking to some installer who's put in um, about twenty, um, you know, five of which is going with storage. Is that your experience or do you think people are backing off storage a bit more?
3: Oh, I think storage is still a year or two away minimum i try and just reinforce to the customer that they should get their system on now while the government subsidy is still available decreasing by one 15th per annum, per annum that's it. so there's the uh there's the chase get it on get it on now uh overproduce, don't be scared of overproduction because the feed-in tariffs are very attractive at the moment 15 17 18 cents better than
1: Uh, That's interesting, actually, because about that sort of overproduction. um, We are hearing that trend about people putting as big a system on their roof as possible.
3: Yes, correct. You only get one bite of the cherry with solar at the moment. You only do it every 25 years, not every year. So uh, go big while you can. And uh, funny, the market at the moment, you know, mums and dads, little kids, people with high consumption, they should be the clients to put solar on but they haven't really got the money. They've got a mortgage, they've got bills. I find uh, my largest market is the retiree. They're on a fixed income. Yep. They don't want bill shock. So they want to really ensure that their energy consumption price bill is gonna be the same year in, year out, and solar's the
2: only way to do it. So, so that's interesting because I heard on the radio this morning uh, the catchphrase, uh, pensioners not Paris was what was quoted. And I was listening to that as I was coming into the city thinking, you know what? It's actually kids, not coal. That's the real catchphrase because those retirees that you're talking about who are the bulk of the market, right? hasn't really changed that much. It's come a little bit younger, but still the bulk of the market are retirees and pensioners who are putting solar on. And the reason they're doing that is because they're concerned about their kids and their grandkids and everything else. They've got a little bit of money to spend. They're happy to make an investment in their house. And in their home, the super's is not doing some wo- so well for them. And so the catchphrase that we should be throwing to the Monash group is kids not cold.
1: Oh, I reckon that's a, terrific, um, that's a terrific idea. Actually, I think I've got a title for our episode. Um, <laughs> Glenn, tell me a bit more about the market then. So you, you, you've got the pensioners. It's an interesting thing what you said about the young family with kids and not having the money up front. Jeez, there's got to be a business case in there for someone to come up with a plan that sort of almost sort of puts in installations for free yet gives, that gives them some sort of discount um, because we know that solar and even and solar plus storage probably costs less than what people are paying from grid, grid power now.
3: Look, there are sellers out there that will give you the product for free. In brackets, you owe someone money. That's the dearest way to get solar on your roof. The cheapest way is to pay for it up front. If you have to borrow that money from the bank or get finance from someone, that's your problem. Cash is king. If you get a signature on a line that says, here's your system, you owe us nothing, generally, warning you're going to have to pay a lot of money for that system. So I don't advocate that to any people. I advocate if you, if you can't afford solar, then you probably shouldn't get solar. Yeah. You know, why go and, uh, you know, sign a contract. For, so that's that's the first thing. The second thing is solar analytics devices. That's why I'm here. They're a good product. They they're here for a reason. They give people power, to look at their consumption, their habits when they're using power why they're using power will solar work for me will it not all the problems can be answered with the device put it on first ask the question second that's my attitude with the device they're easy to install uh, they're australian made I-, I can't see any reason why they shouldn't forge ahead
1: Data is king, Nigel.
3: Data is king. Data is king. In fact, we
2: love data. We've got stickers out there. You can take 10 home with you tonight, Giles. What's really interesting to me, though, apart from the great plug that Beamsey just gave us, is Glenn is, is one of those salt-of-the-earth installers who is really about just delivering the best possible savings that you can get on a solar system, right? He's a straight shooting guy. And there's all sorts of companies in the industry, but what you're hearing here is... A level two sparky, a guy who's been in the trade 50 years, yes, 60 thank years, you, thank you. something. He's seen every trick in the book, right? He's seen every single trick in the book. And whenever we talk to punters, and I was doing a, a presentation for a bunch of Um, end-users who have solar on the weekend and it was all about maximizing the solar. What do you do to maximize your savings from solar? And it's about understanding what's happening, about understanding how you're using energy, and it's about making sure your system's doing what it should do. So I'm all, and we've got a bunch of other customers who do do finance and do do all sorts of options, PPAs and various other things. There's a lot, there's always a way to get solar on your roof if you want it. But I have to agree with Beamsy the way to make it pay the fastest and the best and the simplest and make it the cheapest is all cheapest of all is to simply put your money into it
1: look there's no doubt about that um glenn um tell me about some of the more interesting um installations that you've um you've had at the moment or you've got
3: well i just had a a gentleman today ring me up whilst i was here uh, to tell me that uh, he's just had his metering converted by me from gross to net Everybody understand that. he's
2: caught up on the the gross net thing? Well,
3: for some reason, he's not noticed the 17 letters. He would have been sent by all the retailers, the government, everybody saying you must convert from gross to net to, you know, enjoy your savings. Now, sorry,
2: I'm I'm going to jump in there because what month? We're we're in uh, April now, right? We're in April and the feed-in tariff ended last year and we've still got people who are on gross metres. Is that what you're telling me?
1: I'm just going to interrupt here and just sort of explain exactly what the gross metering is for those who don't know. In New South Wales it was interesting because it had a very generous tariff which went under what's called a gross metering system which basically meant that you got paid this tariff which I think was about 66 cents a kilowatt hour for some people and possibly even more for every little bit of electricity that you produce from your solar system not just what you put back into the grid. Now of course because those premium tariffs have finished at the end of last year your tariff is now quite low. Some people are probably getting six, eight, ten cents depending on their retailer. Some of them might get a bit more, but you're only getting it for your exports. So, if you've got a solar system and you're still on the gross metering se- session um, system, then you're not getting very much for your solar at all. Right. Why are people still on gross metering?
3: Oh, mainly ignorance. They, they haven't read the letters, they don't understand. Uh, you've got to go net, net gives you the first bite of the cherry, you get to consume your solar prior to exporting it, and even if you export it, you're getting 15, 16, 17 cents a kilowatt hour, what does uh, solar cost to produce now, between 4 oh, and five 6 and, cents, yeah, five
2: and 10 cents so, worst, yeah. so you can
3: sit back on a sunny Sunday, read a book, generate the power for 5 or 6 cents and sell it at the grid for 17, not even bother putting the washing machine on, so solar's a no brainer, uh, you could, it, it's a no-brainer. No All I say to people is, don't kick tyres. If you've rang me to get me here to look at your job, it means you're already halfway there. You really want to get solar. So let me be the person that gets you over the line. Time to put it on and put it on now. The subsidy there, uh, the planet's screaming for it. They're looking at their wallets. They're looking after their grandkids, whatever the reason. Solar gets a tick in wow. every column. So. And, and what do you
1: and what do you make of the politicians who're sort of fighting, and um, pushing back against this and wanting new coal-fired generators?
3: Well, you know, I'm naturally a, a greenie, and
2: you don't look like a greenie.
3: <laughs> I am. I am. A, I'm a I'm a tree hugger. I've got a, a block of land looks like a, a rainforest. But look, I've had solar for seven years. I put it on in the 60 cent gross frenzy, and never looked back. Uh, it was a great uh, dip. At, toe dipping in the water so to speak Um, and I'm going to expand my system in the next few months and put another three kilowatt on. So I was forced into the solar era via the government subsidy so I'd like to thank the Labor government for that because they encouraged 180,000 people to jump into solar who had no knowledge at all. Now we're informed and we've had a great experience with solar, so we're going to tell 100 people, put it on, put it on.
1: Go on Glenn. Nigel, any more comments?
3: No, look,
2: I, I think um, the thing that strikes me, particularly with Glenn, is you know a long, 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 long trade history. Um, not necessarily a traditional solar guy, but here is a story about a guy who has a trade background, tripped over solar because he said, hang on, this makes sense for me. Uh, I got to jump into this, and now a complete convert. You know what a great story.
1: Indeed, indeed. And look, just going from the small to the big. Um, earlier, I caught up with uh, Angus Gemmell, the uh, head of Solar Choice, um, over in Solar City in Manly. I think you're calling it now, Angus.
4: Uh, it's actually, Solar Beach in Solar out Beach. in out of the Silicon Valley. That's yeah. right.
1: So that's a pretty interesting setup, actually. You've got Solar Choice, and um, well, tell me some of the other companies that uh, are over there.
4: Yeah, it's uh, become quite a hub over the last couple of years for the large scale solar farm industry. We've got um, Next Tracker, mm-hmm. who do the horizontal single-axis trackers open dot right next door to us on uh, level three in our building. Um, on uh, elsewhere in Manly, there's uh, Edify Energy on the ocean side. They've now got around 15 staff there uh, in Manly. There's also RENA Consulting, did a lot of technical advising to the banks, got about 20 staff. Um, there's on level one, there's Versol, the big German UK equity player got about 15 staff as well. So sooner or later you'll be able to catch a lift up and down the building and, and close the solar farm deal. <laughs> Look, um, it's probably not worth asking what the attraction is um, in Manly because
1: um, having surfed there for a long time, I can well imagine what, <laughs> what the attraction is. Look, um, you've been the originator in solar choice of a lot of the large um, solar plants, um, solar, so, solar sites around the country. I'm just thinking of sort of Ganawara and some of the Sunday solar plants, um, uh, Bulleye Creek. Um, How's the market for solar at the moment? I mean, you've, on, you've actually sold some of those um, projects, but um, still got an interest in, sta- in in the second and third stages of them.
4: Yeah, that, that's correct. So, yeah, look, Solar Choice's role in those sites has been to, to be the originating developer, and um, Edify Energy have come on board with Ganawara and with Sunday uh, stages that includes Hamilton, Hayman, And Daydream is 380 megawatts DC that um, Edify have brought, done a wonderful job, bring to financial close up there in North Queensland. Similarly for Gunnawara, 60 megawatts has just been, DC has been commissioned this week down there, which is a wonderful historic first for the state of Victoria. Well, congratulations. (laughs) I was was down there Monday before last and just seeing all the panels glistening in the sun. It's it's a a wonderful combination to a five-year journey, but... Um, full kudos to our partners on that, and as you mentioned, Solar Choice has an ongoing mm-hmm. role in stages two and three on all those sites. Bully Creek has been an interesting journey. Um, that was planning approved well ahead of the pack back in February 2015. We then brought on Sun Edison to be our partner there. Fortunately, they had a bit of a global implosion, <laughs> that, uh, but at first Solar have joined that project um, and leading. Um, admirably on on, on lots of aspects of the project so we're hoping to get that away this year just for stage one and and hopefully stages two and three four will peel away because it's a vast site there's there's, uh, there's about 13,000 acres under planning approval near one of the major transmission hubs here in southern Queensland.
1: Well, it's going to be one of the biggest solar farms in the world, I think, if it all goes ahead at, you know, I mean, at, at maximum capacity. I, mean, I suppose there's obviously going to be a lot of stages and a lot of hurdles to get across to before you get there, but, um, but certainly a you know, big ambition.
4: Yeah, that's right. I, it was, I think we, backed, we still do back the view that it, it'll happen in, in time, obviously, and in stages. Um, and the beauty being that once we've got that stage one in, in the ground... Then all the connection infrastructure is there and you've got all the planning approvals, pre-construction conditions cleared, all the learnings from stage one on the EPC front to just peel off layers around that and stages two and three and four can almost just um, unfold almost as a matter of course. So just tell me a little bit about you, what your view of the solar market going forward is, because we
1: hear a lot about the politics and everything like that. And, you know, we've got the RET, which is obviously underpinning a lot of the construction now. But when, when you look to the next decade and all those other projects, those stages two and stages three of the projects that you've been talking about in Bulleye Creek, I mean, um, you know, with how much confidence do you see the future of solar in Australia?
4: Yeah, a lot of confidence. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, even without the RET, and I think any projects that are going into financial close at a large scale have really got to pr- pretty much value LGC is now at zero. Mm-hmm. Anything they get um, being commissioned in late 2019 is going to be a, a bonus going forward out to 2030. But so, so what
1: we're talking about there is um, zero subsidy solar, basically, isn't it?
4: Correct, Yeah, effectively. Um, there's still then what, what the cause for optimism is the, the corporate PPA market, which is a rumbling giant, They're starting to, uh, to really. Uh, build stages of Carlton, United Breweries, Coles, Westfarm has been running their process, the universities etc. Um, so that's plenty of um, encouragement there but uh, more at a higher level I guess you've got um, the phenomenon in Australia of a, a very old fleet of coal fired generators, um, all um, predominantly in the sort of 30 years plus range and there's got to be a solid retirement plan and no one can see I don't think economically. Um, new large-scale coal ventures getting up. Um, And the banks, I think, have have done their pivot about 18 months ago, and they know where the smart money is going, and it's definitely not going towards new coal. So new solar and wind plus storage will be it going forward.
1: There you go. Well, look, I'll let you get back to the party, um, Angus, and thank you very much for sharing your insights with us. Uh, Thanks, Giles. Good to catch up, mate. So, Nigel, we um, just heard from Angus Gemmel um, about large-scale solar, um, trying to move back into small, um, in, um, in, in industrial and small commercial solar. Um, that's been one of the big takeoff markets in the last um,
2: in the last in the last year, basically. It's been a long time coming, Giles, but uh, finally commercial is booming. Tens of thousands of systems out there, and it was great to hear from uh, Beamsy earlier on talking about how. You know, if you've got the cash to spare, then you know you can you can turn around a solar payback really really quickly. But of course, not everyone has the cash to spare. And if once you get into commercial, like we see in the market today, uh, with booming demand from businesses, uh, it doesn't make sense for a business to necessarily use their cash. They need that for a rainy day. They need it to buy a new piece of equipment or or, or get through a, a dip in the market. And so that's where the opportunity arises for financing and even better for ppa
1: and that's a good point to bring in um, our next guest uh, jay howard from uh, juice capital thanks for joining uh, solar insiders it's good to be here thanks for having me well, it's a pleasure for you to be here um, with the celebrations here at Solar Analytics Party. Um, so, Jay, look, tell us about Juice Capital and what you do. Basically, um, you install solar systems on the rooftops of small businesses and sort of um, and and even sort of bigger corporations. You own that equipment and you basically sell the electricity, um, presumably for a significant discount from what they would
0: normally pay from the grid. You got it. You just hit it on the head. I think I think I need to. Should I go back out to the party?
1: (laughs) No, no, you can tell us about what your reading is of the commercial market. Is it taking off as we're led to believe?
0: Look, it clearly is. We've been waiting for it for a long time. Everyone you talk to is talking to customers and trying to close deals. And fortunately, businesses are making decisions in this area right now. Whereas the, the process, it was taking a long time to get small and large businesses to actually make a decision on whether they should put solar on their roof. But there's decisions being made, which is a great thing.
1: And what do you think is that? Uh, is it, what's, what's triggering that? Is that just the continued rise in the prices of grid power? Or is it the fact that these people are coming off contracts? Or a mixture of both?
0: Well, it's more, I think it's more than the mixture of both. It's, it's, it's just, there's just so many factors that are coming to a point right now, which is leading to why, sol- why, why there's a large take-up in the, in the, in the solar market. I'm not going to go through all the points right now because I'm going to be here till probably be here till one o'clock and That's okay. Wouldn't mind That's going okay. back. Wouldn't mind. <laughs> wouldn't, <here>. mind <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't mind. Wouldn't going back out to the party, but. Um, and and Australia is such a big country with different um, pricing and different electricity bills and different stuff going on everywhere, so it's difficult to totally... However, clearly electricity prices have gone up. Clearly, the cost of solar is drifting down. Paybacks are shorter, um, and. There's definitely a larger awareness overall that this renewables market, not just here, but obviously globally is is happening. We all know that. So, yes, Nigel, you're about to say Let's go.
2: Let's go. Let's go. So, I mean, you, when we were chatting before, Jay, you were saying, you know, you're seeing an increasing number of cases where business owners have, have had incredibly low energy prices and that's just not reality anymore, right? The cost of energy has gone up. They're starting to roll off these long-term contracts and you're now able to come in with a PPA and not only compete but, in fact, offer them a lower energy price whilst
0: avoiding the need for them to own the system. Is that the deal? So that's the deal. So we won't... When ourselves or one of our partners are talking to a customer the first thing we do is analyze what their current cost of energy is in the daytime because solar only satisfies daytime as we know and then we go can we offer them a product where they're going to make a 30% discount on their daytime energy spend and if they're not then we don't really we kind of go elsewhere
1: So look, give us us a bit of an example of what sort of people are turning to these products at the moment. I mean, um, you mentioned um, off-air beforehand, you're talking about South Australia, I mean, who's going for it and why?
0: So businesses that I suppose are going through a bit of a period of fear, they're coming out of a contestable contract, contestable meaning they've signed up for a couple of years with their grid provider and they're coming out of those contracts and they're not paying 10 or 11 cents anymore. They're look at their, their network chart, their, their overall costs are a hell of a lot higher. Um, in country areas, there's certain areas where they don't have potentially as much, as many options. So, you know, so customers that are paying 15 to 20 cents, if we can come in and offer them 10 or 11 cents mm. and, and, and offer them a genuine discount, then that's 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 a good deal, right? Because they're saving, saving from day one. So Jay, what's changed?
2: You know, I remember a few years ago, uh, maybe going back five, six years ago, PPAs were, were big, it was mostly resi, right? And the commercial market wasn't really bubbling along. But what's changed that allows PPAs to work today?
0: The, your first point is really important. The Aussie market was primarily resi-based and grew on government incentives in resi, so it is flipping and has flipped into the commercial, commercial yeah. market. So that, that, that's, a, that's a big point. Um, secondly, look, prices have been going up. Electricity prices have been drifting north and the cost of the overall, overall technology has been going, going the other direction. So
2: and have, have, you got, have you got financiers now backing your PPA product who have a different view to solar to what they had five years ago?
0: There is no doubt that the financial market, the local banks overall have matured in how, they, how and when and why they will invest in these assets clearly the asset so it's more understood so the financial community is actually saying you know what if I invest my dollars into those assets that as we know are going to be there for a long time that they're stable assets and I'm going to get a stable return so that's a long answer to a short question the answer is yes Um, the market has matured so we've always been a couple of years behind the states right so we are caught up the, is, are the banking sector diving in right now and, and investing in solar in large scale? You would have heard Angus earlier talk about the utility space. I dare say you know, in that space, yes, the banks are investing long-term debt into larger, larger projects. In, in, in just capital space, it's more about servicing SMEs to larger corporates. And we now have a range of investors that are investing in solar, which is a, which is a wonderful thing because it's bringing the cost down.
1: Give me a a bit of a look into the future. Um, I've seen some AEMO market reports for Western Australia, for instance, talking about the number of businesses that could go solar over the next decade. And it's an incredibly high percentage. You know, it's like about 80 or 90% or something like that. Um, Look, obviously there's limitations to that. But, I mean, how much do you reckon over time, say over a decade or the next two decades, will more than half of all businesses with suitable roof space go solar or will it be even higher?
0: Geez, Giles, you're the man with all the stats, aren't you? You're the man that has the stats at your fingertips. With how many businesses in Australia are going to have solar on their roof? It's going to be large. If you look at the stuff that only came out in your one of your articles last week, was around significant. Ah, I can't remember the stats. It could have been
1: 40% of um, 40% of all generation will be satisfied by local demand and things like that. Yeah.
0: Well, there, there, we, you were talking about, and the market's been talking about, the, 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 the displacement of coal, the overall displacement of coal, and, and some of the stats that we're reading are insane globally around what's actually going to be happening by 2030 or 2040 to these coal fired plants, which is pretty exciting for our industry.
1: Indeed. And look, Nigel, we're probably going to wrap it up there because we're going to go back out to the um, solar analytics party, but um, look. Good to catch up with you down here, and um, look, I hope it's going to be an interesting listen for our, list, um, for, for, our uh, for our for our listeners in the podcast. But uh, certainly a different take.
2: Me too, and and it's, um, you know, it's been really. It's always great when you get such a diverse mix of people. That's what I love about this business. You go, you walk outside those doors, listeners. If you were here, there'd be you know, young Henry's beer on tap, Solar Powered, of course, and the taco trucks around the corner. Um, But when you walk outside those doors, there is a huge diversity of people with every angle on solar. And, you know, really, that's where we're at today. It's fabulous.
1: Well, thank you, Nigel. And uh, thank you, Jay, for joining us. Thanks again. And uh, thanks to the listeners. And um, we'll be back again in a fortnight with another episode and probably catch up from what we've heard over the next two days at the uh, Solar Conference. So um, thanks for tuning in. Um, Tell your mates about this. Uh, Leave a review um, on the website. Um Or on your favourite platform, preferably a favourable one after our efforts today at the uh, at the party and doing it more or less live, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.
0: Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. By navigating the changing energy landscape, Solar Analytics helps increase solar performance and saves money. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.